Thanks for joining us for Episode 2 of Season 3 of Couples, Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. The first and third Wednesday of each month, we drop episodes with advice, tips, and real-world experience for partnering in business and life. I'm Jody, a business owner and communication strategist, and I do something I call math face. When someone asks even the simplest thing involving numbers, like say, what would the tip be for this particular lunch or something? Mm -hmm. Basically, I scrunch up my face Mm -hmm. and I kind of look upward like I'm thinking about it. And really, I'm just wasting time until someone else solves it. And almost always someone else will. But I look like I was trying. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now I've let my secret out, so if you see me do math face, you know I'm probably thinking about what I'm going to have for lunch tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, it's ruined now. I know. So oh, well, my secret's I, out. I won't tell anyone. Right. I'm Glenn, Jody's partner in life and business, and when I was a kid, I had a sore wrist. So my mom rubbed some Ben Gay on it, and I said it should be called Ben Sad because of its smell. <laughs> that is so like you. Yeah, I guess so. Ben Sad. On today's show, we talk about having a shared vision with your partner and interview the owners of a craft distillery on how they make working together work for them. And at the end of the episode, we talk about resolutions. Without further ado, let's get started with this episode of Couples Inc. Today's topic is shared vision. Now, this is sort of... um, a unique thing, I think, for couples, because it's kind of like not just a shared vision for your business, but it's your future. Like yeah. you could have a business partner that is just your business partner, and you may not share a vision, but it's okay. You guys can just go separate ways, or maybe there's something. Like, but a lot of times when you're a couple that own a business, it's sort of like an overlap of your shared vision of your future as it's, well as your business. Yeah, I think it's almost impossible not to be because the your vision for yourself as a couple mm-hmm. and your vision for yourself as a business or yourselves uh, will in many areas overlap. And a lot of times, like we're, you know, like we've, we've often talked about with shared vision, you know, we need to think long term not just for our business but thinking about retirement thinking about next chapters and things like that yeah so the here's the question is do you and your spouse have to have a shared business on where the where your business should go i think you should you have to but is there i don't know is there some leeway like maybe you're part of the business but you're not shared you haven't shared the vision but you're going along i don't know yeah it's a good question and valid so Mm -hmm. i validate you and your question thank you so be validated go forth and do you validate my parking as well and devalue your parking i think that there needs to be more shared than unshared Mm -hmm. but i also think that creativity kind of takes root in dissonance and it seems to me like that sometimes when we have had our most unshared moments mm-hmm. when we do come back together we're able to energize or re-energize and proceed with a little bit more of a renewal type yeah, of sense. Yeah, kind of like if do you're you not Yeah, if you're not exactly aligned. Say there's a some point in your business growth and one partner has an idea that we should hire employees and the other is like no no no, I'm not really ready to hire employees. I mean, I don't know if that's as, that's not as grand as your shared vision, but it is sort of your shared alignment of where your company's going. 
maybe this is a time where you guys find out, well, why is it you don't want to do have employees? Or yeah. why is it you do? Or why is it you want to take us in this direction? And you're right. At the moment, when you first start out, it's not aligned. It's not truly a shared vision, but it becomes something even better, a combined, maybe there's some compromise, maybe there's some give and take, and you come up with a stronger one, which is kind of why I think businesses, particularly those run by couples, should have sort of a an alignment discussion or a check-in at least every year to say, okay, are we still heading in the right direction? Put her up on the rack and See what's going on. Change the oil. <laughs> exactly. Rotate the tires. Rotate. Yeah. Exactly. So just yeah, I think it's it's kind of good because you're right. You could end up with a stronger vision, um, and a stronger direction because you're like, oh, you know, I see why you don't want to go down this path. That's yeah. a good idea. Let's adapt. Yeah, creativity is very often born of conflict. Mm-hmm. In fact, Luke Sullivan, our friend in advertising, when he came through town a number of years ago, and uh, we were able to see him and and hear him speak. He laid that as a cornerstone. Mm -hmm. Without conflict, you really don't have as much creativity. Let's define conflict a little differently than we've talked about conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. When you're saying conflict, you're not necessarily talking about fighting. You're talking about things that are not aligned. No, I mean fighting. (laughs) Where's the Thunderdome? Where'd you put it, Jody? So no, so it's it's just it's there are varying degrees, and so conflict when it comes to this category is probably more along the lines of uh, different views as opposed to a true conflict where you're not getting along and you need resolution, conflict resolution. So just wanted to kind of define that. So now it is in a different context, and that way people are you know sort of understanding it is not an extreme conflict that creativity although it could but it's more along the lines of differing views different perspectives those elements Mm -hmm. right so you want to talk about employees and and the discussion about that yeah well you know i wanted to have employees when i ran the recording studio yeah and that was one of my first goals that i established i even told an interviewer that that's one of the things i wanted to accomplish quickly and you know try to get that ball rolling why did you want to do that there were a couple of reasons. Number one, I felt like it was important to enrich people's lives and to help people, but I found it was a lot easier said than done. Oh, yeah. In fact, the biggest challenge that I had was deciding on how to recruit people and what kind of person I was looking for, what skills I was looking for. Do I add a new business specialist, for example, mm. or another engineer? The closer I got to it, Oddly, the farther away it got, because as you and I well know, I wasn't there very long before the recession hit, the Great Recession, and the business started to really falter after well, that. Well, audio changed a lot during sure that did. time. So your audio production, the way it was set up, is it evolved to something very different, and a lot of uh, studios closed at that time. But um, it is a perfect example of what your what your vision starts out but then the reality sometimes changes things, or at least maybe how much you want to commit to that. Your vision may start out, I think, very, your vision was very authentic to you. I think you wanted to hire people who are in that industry. Mm-hmm. I think you wanted to teach people. You would be an amazing teacher for someone who's in, entering the audio industry. But the realities Thank were, you. yeah, but you're welcome. The realities were such that it didn't, you'd have to commit a lot more time to that which is going away from what you actually loved non-billable time and non-billable time 
Yeah, and you know, I did have a taste of it when I was uh, overseeing a department uh, before I started the studio, uh, overseeing production. Uh, that was probably the closest I had to a, I guess, what you would call a staff. Mm-hmm. I didn't directly supervise people or give them performance reviews or anything like that, but we worked together on projects, very often collaborating. Whenever that broke down, it was usually me that picked up the pieces, mm-hmm. and rather than grow resentful from it. There were a few times that I did that. I remember February 27th, the one 1996, day you for example. I felt uh, like it was empowering me to take care of the task, and it made me feel a sense of ownership. Mm-hmm. Not of the business necessarily, but it gave me a clue as to how that would be. Is it fair? No. Is it what entrepreneurs do for their business? Absolutely. So that's one aspect of whether your vision shares or not. Yeah. What about risk-taking? That's another thing is do you share the vision of uh, how much you want your business to grow and what you're willing to put up to make that happen? I mean, I think that's something that really you should be honest with your spouse and make sure that you guys have that shared vision of here's where we see ourselves and here's what we're willing to willing to risk. Yeah, and I think you're more the risk-taker than I am. Oh, really? Because I, I consider you're a myself entrepreneur not... all, all, all together. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I consider myself not, well, I say that, but then I did start my business. Um, you did. And just sort of, you know, on, not on a whim, but. Out of thin air. Uh, yeah. And so, so I guess people think that if you do start a business, you are a risk taker. And that is true. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I guess I'd like to think I'm a little more pragmatic about some of the risks because I've seen businesses overextend sure. and become. Uh, not that ambition is is bad, but they didn't seem to align in terms of where they what they were investing and what mm-hmm. they were risking and what they were getting in return. So yeah. I think again, just knowing that you and your spouse, so that one person doesn't become resentful. It's like I don't want this business to take over our lives and be, um, you know, and potentially just ruin our us economically. I want it to be a moderate sized business. There you go. Or I want it to be a huge business. Are you on board? And then both parties are on board. But if they're very vastly different, then you might have, again, a chance. You need to to realign to make sure you share those. It's funny about this type of stuff because I was reading on Inc. Magazine on Mm -hmm. their website. They have an article about how to, when you've hired people, how to spot potential entrepreneurs in that group of people. Energy comes into it, commitment to personal improvement, their creative ideas or their, their creativity in general. And we'll put a link in the show notes on this, but it struck me as kind of, that's what I was looking for really when I was supervising the production staff. Mm-hmm. And I knew that those people that I could see those traits in, I could depend on carrying the project across the finish line. Did you consider including uh, partnering with them? Any Anyone that you worked with? As a sure business? did, yeah. Because you thought that they aligned with your mm-hmm. spirit and how you wanted your the shared vision of what you thought audio production could do. Yeah, and business in general. Mm-hmm. It, it, it went beyond the task at hand or even the job title at hand. These are traits that I'm talking about here that are shared across a number of industries. So you're not necessarily talking about just audio production. You're mm-hmm. talking about oh, that's uh, true. You know, uh, um, TV VCR repair. <laughs> TV VCR repair. Uh, you know, all the side businesses, and I can start making my cupcakes. If you were lucky enough to find someone who has that entrepreneurial spirit and you both have a shared vision, 
um, and you're a couple and you share your vision personally, that is going to be an amazing thing for your business. And the times that maybe you aren't fully aligned will will eventually you'll you'll find solutions because you already have at your core the same type of value that you yeah. wanted to put towards your business and the same sort of vision of where you want it to go yeah. in in yeah, in, in some some way it sure. may not be exact but in some way i think yeah. it helps here's one other final thing that i think couples need to have a shared vision that's retirement or exit strategies mm. from your business yeah I think that depending on the type of business, there are a variety of different exit strategies, but you and your spouse slash business partner need to be on the same page as to when this is going to happen and what is that step and how do we prepare? I know that's something you and I have talked about often because um, in some industries you can maybe sell Mm -hmm. to someone else. Maybe someone within the business buys into it or – Maybe simply you just close, but when does that happen, and what what is your vision for the future and that next chapter? And I think that's an alignment thing that needs to happen. The when part of that, to me, mm-hmm. is the biggest challenge. You know, I'm, I'm looking ahead at the notes, and uh, we're talking about annual check-in. Yeah, yeah, I think that should be part of it, because your retirement goal will be kind of a moving target, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're in a micro-business and you, you own that micro-business like we do. Your needs, not just year to year, but maybe quarter to quarter, aren't necessarily the same. Really, your personal feeling about the work and your, your uh, take on the business and where you see the trends going and what you feel like you want to do which when you get farther along in life is very malleable. I think it's it is interesting as you know we're celebrating what our 12th it'll be 13th year in business. It's sort of like um seasons and there are different seasons to every business and we are in a in the part not that we're planning on closing it at any time soon but we are at that point of like okay what's our our 5 year plan is going to be a little bit more about where we go as opposed to how we start. So we're kind of further along that journey. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you and I have been aligned and our vision for this business has been very comparable from the beginning with some variations. Again, the employee thing is one where I was never really excited about hiring employees. I think you still thought about it, but then we realized our business as a micro business really is about, about collaboration with specific experts mm-hmm. so rather than bringing on employees we reach out to contract and experts and vendors who fit a project yeah. um as far as where our growth is for our industry or the types of clients we've got a shared vision so i think that has has really helped us in that our business is not one of our visions but a com- combination of the two and you were talking a minute ago about when to close the business, I can tell you exactly. Five o'clock, something like that. About five o'clock. Glenn had the opportunity to interview the couple behind Delta Dirt Distillery. He talked to Harvey and Donna Williams and did a little research on the side, I think, about how they make working together work for them. Had you two done any work together before you started Delta Dirt? No. 
Not, no, not really. Not, not together as a business, no. We've been married for 33 years, but I don't know if that counts as a business. When did you guys first get, and Donna, this question's really for you, when did y'all first get the idea that you wanted to work together on this business? Um, actually, it was, it was um, by default that I'm working in the business. It originally was supposed to be um, he and some of his friends um, but that didn't work out, so um, he was left with uh, me and the kids. Let's try a different <laughs> track on that. <laughs> when you're involved in a family business, or if there is history of a family being in business, do you think that that creates or tends to create some sort of uh, gravity on and exerts uh, sort of a pull on you as a person in your career field and your career choice? I, I mean, I think so. I mean, we, we, I had both Don and I have had careers, um, you know, long careers before we started this business. Um, you know, I worked in the food industry for 26 years and she over in the IT world. Um, so we were, this is totally different from anything that we've done before. And we were trying to leverage what we learned and have gained over our career to apply it to this business. And then from the family perspective, we, we, we've always known just by reputation that just having a family business is, is hard. Um, you spend all day uh, at work together and then you go home at night and there's just never any break. But we recognize that it's just, it's just a lot of hard work for the whole family to have to get involved. And we're fortunate enough to have our boys you know, a part of this business, uh, and they seem to be enjoying it. So you're mentioning that you guys are with each other all through the workday, and then you go home. Do you have a boundary about talking about the business or what's happening with the business? I don't know. I'll let Donna answer that because she, she makes me turn off the, the, the faucet when I get home. So, Well, actually, we're in the same space, So, but we do spend all day together. So, yeah, I do sometimes have to say it's, I don't, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Um can we find something else to talk about? But since it's new, I guess we both talk about it a lot, just trying to come up with ways to grow it and find out what we can do better. So we hadn't gotten to that point too bad yet. Um, what was what was or is your process for finding out which one of you is good at what? Yeah, I mean, what we've done here recently is um, – as small as we are, it's really just the four of us. And we, for as small as we are, we, we just recently went through uh, a clear delineation of who's responsible for what areas, like um, you know the sales side, the marketing side, the whole production operation side, and then you know all of the sustainability stuff, like the finance, the accounting, the taxes, and and just sort of designating who's responsible. And I think that's done. So far, done a couple things for us in terms of each one of us are, are able to grow in our own area and be responsible for those areas versus the lines being so blurred because you're a small family business and everybody does everything. I, I, I think that has helped uh, and will continue to help as we you know, get, get larger and continue to grow. What do you each consider vital or essential for working with each other? For me, I think it's um, recognizing that at work, it's not personal, that it's business. 
so I'm not your wife. You're not my husband. We're, we're um, business owners. And, and then getting home and saying, okay, now we, we are uh, husband, wife, friends, or whatever, that works out um, for me. Um, and I have to, like, say that to Harvey a lot of times as I say something that he doesn't necessarily want to hear. It's like, this is not your wife talking. This is, <laughs> this is a business owner, so you got to listen. But that works well for me. I, I would agree. I would agree. And, and, and for me, it's probably uh, just learning to appreciate her strengths and she appreciating my strengths. And then we come together on those. Because like I said, I'm not the risk taker, even though you, you wouldn't think it for starting this business the way we've started and kind of going all in. Um, but just knowing that I've done my side of the, of the thinking in terms of what I'm good at, and then, you know, she weighs in and always, you know, I'm growing to appreciate that a lot more when she weighs in on strategy and thinking forward. And I think appreciating each other's strengths is a, is a good one for me. Hi, Jody. Hey, Glenn. You just walked up behind me here at the Couples, Inc. water cooler. I did. Did I scare you? No. No. I'm scared of this water. It's sort it's, of looking We brackish. haven't changed it in a while. We probably yeah, need about to. about a year. <laughs> we probably need uh, to do that. Yeah. Well, while we're at the water cooler, and it is the first of the year when we're hanging out here. That's a conspiratorial tone. What are you getting at? Well, I thought we'd talk about resolutions. Ah. And there's no conspiracy behind that, but... Isn't there? Or controversy, but I know you're not big on resolutions. No, or, it's it's too much... I, it's just resolving. too much for me. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> I don't want to leave things resolved. I want them unresolved. No, so I'm going to start a trend next year. Right. The New Year's unresolutions. Unresolutions. It's pretty sad. Resolutions you know, don't often last, but it's the business model behind many a gym membership sure. club. So That's, uh, I fell for it many, many times. No offense to gym memberships or gyms, and they want to be a sponsor. Hey. Okay, mine. I am like, I don't know nine years behind the trend, but I started watching a bunch of YouTube videos about bullet journals. Basically, it's you take a notebook and you're creating your own kind of calendar with goals and ideas and and it's supposed to keep you organized. Let me guess. You keep a bullet journal uh -huh. in lead, don't you? In lead? No, it has nothing to do with actual bullets. It's about, I think, the dots. No, I mean, but you, like, write it down with a pencil. Oh, no, no. You have to I, You have to get special pens. I went and bought, like, a whole bunch of special pens. I mean, these pens were actually, I had to get at Michael's, not a sponsor. Um, I had to go and have one of their staff people come and unlock the area where these pens were. What? They weren't even that expensive, but apparently... I don't know, maybe they're in the new currency in the craft community <laughs> yeah. or something. I don't know. In Craftonia. In Craftonia. So I'm kind of like, I'm watching all these YouTube videos, and they are some really talented people. I mean, they call them doodles, but they're just like, they're drawing these elaborate scenes, and they're doing all these great plans. I was like, you know, I'm going to do that. So I bought the journal, and I got the pens and everything. Mm -hmm. I'm having some difficulty with um, lines and circles. That would be squares. tough if you're trying to keep some sort of illustrated. I have no uh, yeah. journal. So I got ended up going back and getting stickers because stickers oh. don't take 
artistic, well, I take an artistic skill of where to lay them, but I don't have to draw anything. So oh, yeah. I kind of redid that. But I was very inspired by well, a lot of people. Well, you could keep an abstract journal. Well, everything, yeah, everything was very abstract. Yeah. Everything. It's just, it was looking kind of, so I covered up a lot of the stuff I tried to draw. Put the and, nose where the ears should be and you're halfway there. Yeah. It's very, very Picasso-esque in my planning. Absolutely. So anyway, but I did like, if I can't really do the artwork and the creative design, I like the concept of this, of, because sometimes I get like caught up with lists and to-do lists in my head. I was like, you know, just getting it out on paper makes me feel like my mind a little less cluttered. So I like the concept of putting what they call collections of like, or brain dump. You do a page, it's just a brain dump. Ouch, that sounds really painful. (laughs) It does sound painful. Um, But you just kind of write down thoughts and then you kind of, you know, come up with a plan. But one of the other things I liked about it was you select a word. Your your word of the year. Word of the year. Yeah, mine. Let me is, wait. Wait. This is the word of the year. Intentional. This has been the word of the year. Yeah. So it may not seem all that amazing, but intentional. Just kind of like I started thinking back from mid twenty twenty to yeah, close to now. I mean, as we record this, we've just turned into twenty twenty three. Our life has been around pivoting, adapting, changing, moving. And I kind of thought, not moving like uh, out of the place, but moving plans around. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And I thought, you know, I want, because control is something we can pretend we have, but we don't when it comes to things in our life. But Mm -hmm. if I can at least put on paper that I want to be a little more intentional, like I want to try to learn something new every month. I want to go on... Um, they suggest having a small adventure and a big adventure each month. And by small adventure, it could be going to an art gallery. And big adventure, it could be weekend away or even Then do bigger. you drink a whiskey drink? You drink and then a you vodka drink? Vodka drink, yes. Okay. I've been kind of inspired by it. And you've seen me, and you actually, um, he was interrupting me when I was trying to count so I could have things even on the page. And I kind of Was snapped. that what you were doing? I was. Wow. It was so much pressure because I was like, I've got to have this centered on this page. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have the dot version. I have a lined version. So I was trying to count. And you were asking me questions like every time I was right at halfway through. And so I kind of snapped at you. Sorry about that. Um, we don't say shut up. I know. So it's like... Eh, it's supposed to keep me from being stressed, but it has ironically stressed me a little. But I'm hoping yes. in the long run, <laughs> I'm hoping in the long run that this idea of intentional living and this journal that I'm going to be writing things down and trying to be a little bit more of a an architect of my own adventure mm. might help me make 2023 a little bit better. So that's my, my resolution is kind of just trying to stick to this journal concept and then trying to live intentionally although i you know some people might say well how else can you live other than you're intending to live but you know well you don't want it to just happen you just don't want it to happen or do you that's yeah you know, that's the other thing too is like some people's journals probably spontaneity oh, and a mine's exactly yeah. opposite i guess i don't know intentional spontaneity my word of the year is control I love so it. anyway that's that's my resolution if you even count it as a resolution what about you controlled randomness controlled randomness I have five resolutions, actually. I oh my don't gosh. have a well, word of the year. I'm sorry, I don't. What? No word of the year? I don't do year? words How? of the year. How are you supposed to live without Mine, a word of the year? Honestly, at my stage of life, my word of the year, probably of the century, is going to be ouch. <laughs> you and your phrase is, wait, what's that? Yes. Like Did a scratch. <laughs> yeah. Okay, number one, 
get healthier. Okay. Good job. Laughing and moving on to number two, read more. I love that one because you know I love reading. And yeah. I've been trying to get you to read more. And I am reading more. And you are. Yeah. There's a hyper-violent series I know. that I'm now <laughs> on the third book of. And, I know. Uh, the whole idea is I wanted him to start reading so he'd relax. And the book that he's really, or the series he's really gotten into is all about violence and... Yeah, secret government secret operatives. Government. And t- yeah, it's yeah. stressing him out. Feeds, feeds the conspiracy nut in me. Uh, number three, find more ways to help people. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure yet what shape that takes, but it's easily done to find a, a tribe that way that you're associated with. Number four for me is to put off my resolutions until next year. Ah, I like that one. And number five, and this is the most important, I probably should have put this one at number one, is to search for and acquire a dedicated Festivus poll in time for next Festivus season. Yes, that is true. He, I have a um, candle stick. It's like a very tall candle stick. It's an adjunct. And he used that as the Festivus poll. It is poll. now a Festivus, temporary Festivus poll. Festivus poll. I think so, it was sanctioned by the International Festivus Association, IFA. I was, <laughs> I was just going to say, is it IFA or IFA? I guess IFA. 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 I don't know. IFA. So, but anyway, your grievance, though, is that you didn't have a Festivus poll so we could all do the airing of the grievances. Yeah. That's kind of meta. That that folds in on itself. Yeah. Well, Happy New Year. Festivus folding on itself to you as well. Thanks for listening to Couples Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. We drop new episodes the first and third Wednesday of each month, but to make sure you don't miss a show, follow us wherever fine podcasts are published. And if you enjoyed this episode and you want to support the podcast, share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating or review. And please visit our website, couplesincpodcast.com. That's couplesincpodcast.com. To learn more about us, review show notes, or leave us a message. Until next time.